0: The dream of every baseball player is to be inducted into baseball's Hall of Fame. Every year, a few players with distinguished careers are inducted into the Hall of of Fame. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. uh, was selected in 2016. Uh, In 2015, Randy Johnson, the great pitcher, uh, was chosen. There's a far greater honor, however... This honor is is received not from a panel of baseball experts, but is conferred by God. It is not given to those with athletic prowess, but to men and women noted for their faith. Hebrews 11 introduces us to the hall of faith. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Uh, The writer to the Hebrews says we have to believe that God exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Uh, Then the author chronicles 17 men and women from the Old Testament who lived by faith. How do we know if we're worthy of the Hall of faith? The writer to the Hebrews tells us, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, in other words, you become a Christian, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. They became Christians and then they suffered. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. They gave their lives to Christ, then they were persecuted. But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. God's test of faith always involves suffering and persecution. Uh, Going through testing is the only way to determine if we are worthy of God's hall of faith. If you're not a Christian, you could not have chosen a better week to join us I'm going to try to spell out exactly what it means to live by faith in Christ. Teenager, single, married, parent, empty nester, today I will try to share what it means to live by faith. This is the first in a series of messages called Living by Faith. Uh, during the summer months, we're going to look at the faith of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Uh, To be inducted into the hall of faith, we must live by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? Uh, Scripture informs us it means at least three things. First, to live by faith requires faith to believe in God. The writer to the Hebrews says, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. He also writes, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We cannot see God, but we look at the beauty of creation and all that Jesus taught, and we believe in God. We believe that God created the universe, that He sent His Son Jesus to die for our sins, and if we put our faith in Him, confess our sins, invite Him into our lives, He forgives us and gives us life now and for eternity. We can call this saving faith. Some people wonder if this confidence that we're saved by God's grace through faith is a departure from the Old Testament. It is not. Some of the apostles, Paul's readers, wondered, since salvation comes through faith and not by keeping the law, does this nullify the Old Testament law? They asked. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. Paul says, no, the law makes us aware of our need for God's grace. We cannot be saved by keeping the law. No one is capable of perfectly keeping the law, of living a perfect life. But the law makes us aware how far we fall short of God's standard. It makes us aware that we've all messed up. I've told you a number of times that one of my favorite shows during basketball season, hopefully we'll have a basketball season, an NBA this year, uh, is uh, TNT's Inside the NBA. Shaquille O'Neal, Ernie Johnson, uh, Kenny Smith, and Charles Barkley comment on the games. Well, a couple of years ago, uh, Kenny Smith's wife had a baby and uh, he took some time off to to help, and when he got back, Charles said to him, "Kenny, I bet you didn't change one diaper while you were gone." Kenny said, "Sure, I did. I'm good at it." Well, then Ernie got the idea. Why don't we have a diaper changing contest between Kenny and Charles? You know, they'd, they'd buy little baby dolls, put diapers on them, and then have to you know take them off and put on a new one. Well, then the staff got the idea that it would be funnier if they melted a, a chocolate bar with nuts in it in, in Charles Barkley's uh, diaper. So watch this.
1: And we can only assume that you haven't left all of those diaper chores to beautiful Gwendolyn. Yes, I did. You have, have you been? Have no, you been? no, I've been doing them. Okay. I've, been, I've, I've, well, I've been helping a lot. We thought it would be interesting to see how good you are and maybe have a contest with <laughs> Do first as of all. Eddie and Kevin re- remove the covering, uh-huh. here we go. We've, what we're gonna do here? Uh-huh. This is, is, is To take the diaper off, change the diaper. Hold right. on, uh, don't start yet, Charles. Don't start yet. Uh, so, well, I, I can't do this. You know why? Why? Because it, it doesn't. You don't have a receiving blanket. I what? I don't want oh, to hear about receiving oh, blankets. i up, baby. You, see, you, see, you gotta receive them. You can't just and pick you, up a baby. You're, without, you're, I don't have any hand sanitizer. Uh, you're cool with the, with the whole arrangement here, right, Charles? This is good for you. Wait, yeah. Huh? See, this is the first thing you should do, Chuck. You should wash your dirty hands before you touch a clean baby. Okay. It's crap in here. <laughs> My hands got cleaner than crap. Are you Are you guys prepared? Do we have a, Do we have a clock? Ready. On your, you gotta got do it the right way, though. Yeah, you both. Well, I'll be the judge. Okay. On your mark, get set, go. Do, 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 do. Oh, oh, okay. oh, 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 Charles! <laughs> I just had number Charles, one. You, had, you a, had number two. Charles changed Charles the tie <laughs> <Charles. James. laughs> I just, I just one. Oh my goodness! Good oh my job, you a cloud of dust. Oh my God! So you got to wait from back to front of a girl. You didn't even <laughs> clean the base. There you go. You oh, just, there all you go. Oh, all, uh, <laughs> <you laughs> all you did. Oh, uh, hold the neck, Chuck. Hold the neck. Chuck. I got the neck, man. <laughs> oh. 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 oh, there it is. What are you both doing, like? this? There you go. That is. You know that, that tape. You put the tape on there so it holds.
0: Like the baby with a dirty diaper, we've messed up. Uh, Christ's death has no significance unless we understand how badly we've messed up. The law makes us aware of our sin. We We need the law to show us that we can be made right with God by grace through faith. The Apostle Paul's doctrine of being saved by grace through faith came as a surprise to most Jews. They thought we became righteous before God through keeping the law. Uh, Many concluded that Christianity was a sect that departed from the teaching of the Old Testament. So Paul teaches them from their own scriptures that justification by faith was there all along. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. Uh, Paul says this good news about being made right with God, apart from the law, is not some heretical teaching. It is taught in the Old Testament. To prove his point, Paul takes Abraham. What better person to take than the father of the Hebrew nation? Most Jews assumed that Abraham was justified by his works. Not so, says Paul. Abraham was not justified by his works, but by his faith. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about. But not before God. What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. It was Abraham's faith that brought him right standing before God. Paul goes on to explain that Abraham was not justified before God by adherence to the law. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Abraham lived 400 years before Moses received the law from God, so he couldn't possibly have been saved by keeping the law. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall you Abraham believed God's promise that he was going to give him and Sarah a son and through him was going to create the Hebrew nation that would bless people all around the world. So being saved by faith is not a departure from the Old Testament, but it's what we find in the Old Testament. No one was ever justified before God by keeping the law. Both the Old and New Testament teach that we are made right with God by grace through faith. To live by faith, we believe that God exists and that he saves us by his grace. Second, to live by faith requires faith to obey God. Uh, We can call this obeying faith. The writer to the Hebrews identifies Abraham as an example of obeying faith. God called Abraham to leave his home in Ur in Mesopotamia and move to the land of Canaan, which is now modern-day Israel. In Hebrews, he writes, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Can't you hear uh, Abraham's neighbor talking to him? Where are you going, Abraham? I don't know. Well, what route are you going to take to get there? I don't know. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. He put his faith in God and moved to a new country. He obeyed God even though it seemed crazy to his neighbor. But Abraham was looking to please God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Uh, Sarah also put her faith in God that she was going to have a baby, even though she was 90 years old. Abraham and Sarah gave birth to Isaac, and they became the parents of a great nation, descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Uh, Experts uh, estimate that 100 billion people have lived in this world from the beginning of time. It's kind of a a science of estimation, I call it, Plus or minus 10 billion. Um, And out of those 100 billion, uh, 35 billion are from the Hebrew nation or have become Christians. This is the blessing God bestowed on Abraham and Sarah. Is there some way God is asking you to show your faith by obeying Him? Is He asking you to do something or to stop doing something? Third, living by faith requires faith to trust God. We can call this trusting faith. Uh, Three men visited Abraham one day. Presumably they were angels. Where's your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought. After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Hebrew tells us, uh, Hebrews tells us that Sarah had faith to believe that God would enable her to have a baby, even though she was well past childbearing age. It was so hard for her to believe that she laughed when she first heard it. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Even though it was hard to believe she would have a baby at the age of 90, Sarah understood that nothing is too hard for God. So she put her trust in God's promise. Is there an area where you're having trouble believing in God? Believing that He'll bring you a husband? Or wife? Or baby? Or a new home? Or a new job? Or help your business come back after being crushed by this coronavirus? I'm having to trust God that He will help us uh, come together again and meet as a church and be able to open up. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. God fulfilled his promise to Abraham and Sarah. God always fulfills his promises. They just had to trust his promise. Many times our faith involves trusting God. During this coronavirus pandemic, there are so many things we can worry about. But as I've always told you, worry is a waste of time. Uh, One study showed that 92% of things people worry about never happen. So the vast majority of time we waste our time by worrying. During this shelter in place, we have to trust God for our health and for our businesses. One man admitted, I've sure gotten old. I've had two bypass surgeries, a hip replacement, new knees. i fought prostate cancer, diabetes. I'm now half blind. I can't hear anything quieter than a jet engine. I take 40 medications. They make me dizzy, windy, and shaky. I have bouts with dementia. I have poor circulation. I can barely feel my hands, and my feet anymore. I can't remember if I'm 85 or 92. I've lost all my friends. But thank the Lord, I still have my driver's license. (laughs) Still have my driver's license. There are scary drivers on the road. We have to trust God every time we drive that God will keep us safe. The dream of every baseball player is to be inducted into baseball's Hall of Fame. The hope of every Christian is to be inducted into the Hall of Faith. To be inducted into the Hall of Faith, we must live by faith. Living by faith requires faith to believe in God. You believe God exists and that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of the world, and you invite Him to forgive your sins and to come into your life. Living by faith requires faith to obey God. You obey God even when it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Living by faith requires faith to trust God. You trust God in trying times like we're facing today. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the faith That you gave Abraham to believe in you and to move to a new country and to believe that he and Sarah would have a baby and through that baby, you would bless the whole world. And Father, we want to have faith in you today. If you've never committed your life to Christ, I invite you to do so right now. Just tell him you believe he's the Son of God. He died for your sins. Ask him to forgive your sins and come into your life. If you've already committed your life to Christ, tell him you want to live by faith this week. Tell him things you're having trouble believing and having faith for and commit them to him right now. You pray. Father, thank you that you are a great God and that you are worthy of our faith. Help us to live by faith this week.